Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book writer and cool dude Andrew Clemson about what comics he would take into a solar storm apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene. This month's issue, which is now available at WH Smith and McColl's, features 70 years of Eagle and Dan Dare. Then from next month, Comic Scene will merge with new anthology comic Shift, which is available from the 29th of October. You can pre-order Shift and Comic Scene's new History of Comics part work via the new Comic Scene Comic Club for only £15 a month, saving £84 a year on the regular retail price at www.comicscene.org. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Andrew Clemson. How's it going? Hi, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. Yourself? Yeah, not bad. Surviving, all things considered. We can hope for these days, aren't we? Yeah, it certainly is, isn't it? Um, it's a, it's tough times, but uh, I think things will start to improve slowly but surely. Um, now, um, for the listeners um, who haven't come across you just yet, uh, what do you do in the world of comics? So I, I'm, I work in like, indie comics, so I'm a writer. Um, I've done uh, one, a couple of books now. I'm on my third one, but the, the one that I've uh, I'd be more like known for quote unquote is called Star Bastard, which came out through Scout Comics. Um, we we crowdfunded it and then it got picked up and then that's uh, that that came out you know through Diamond and everything. And then um, we've done a, a superhero book called Bet Noir, which we're you know putting out slowly. And the one I'm working on currently is called Damsel from Distress, which is like a uh, like a Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Charlie's Angels or Agents of Shield sort of mashup. Uh, which is which is lots of fun. We got that on Kickstarter at the minute. Oh, great! And that's on Kickstarter right now, is it? Yeah, that's literally we did, we uh, put that up a couple of days ago uh, uh, from when we're speaking now. So it's going going till sort of the fifth or the sixth of November. But um, fingers crossed, we fund very soon so that we can we can uh, take some of the the stress of waiting out of things because that's always terrific. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if they just search that on Kickstarter, I'm sure that'll come up. But also, uh, those links are in the show notes. Uh, and where can people find you online? Um, I'm I, I, on Twitter. Um, I'm probably more active, and that's just my name, Andrew Clemson. Um, and then I, I'm on Instagram, but I, I realised I hadn't put anything up for months and months and months. But uh, <laughs> I, I am on there, and that's that's Clemson DXB. Um, and then I have a website which is clemsoncomics.com which has a, a bunch of links on it and stuff so. and all your uh, back catalogue and things um, yeah. so yeah folks go check out those links whilst I'm speaking to Andrew um, now all of that aside um, I do have some bad news for you uh, and you're the first guest to actually have to go through this new apocalypse um, so good luck uh, okay. but uh, unfortunately there's been a solar storm that has hit the earth um and we've basically gone back to the middle ages um because for 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 the listeners that that aren't aware of what a solar storm is basically it's kind of a a a radioactive electromagnetic storm or something like that that comes from the sun and kind of makes it way its way across space and it's kind of like a uh, an emp 
um, but from the sun, uh, and it wipes out all electronics and things like that. And it's an actual threat that can actually happen at some point, at any time, in actual fact. Um, so that could be fun. Um, but uh, yeah, my uh, my question for you, Andrew, is uh, what is your action plan for survival? So um, I guess, uh, I mean, I live, I live in Dubai, so I'm sort of in a desert. So I'm used to sort of sun-related problems. But um, if, if, uh, <laughs> if, if the electricity gets wiped out, that takes the air conditioning out of play. Um, that's mm. not going to be fun time. So I think um, the the creative answer is I think I would try and find a, a Bedouin camp somewhere in the desert because um, they've they've obviously been dealing with this you know this sort of temperature and no electricity and stuff for years and years and years. And um, I think I think I'd fi- try and find a, a friendly group somewhere in the in the desert and uh, try and bide it, you know bide my time there until the world hopefully gets back to normal <laughs> let's hope so and sorry what what is it called what type of like camp a, is a it bedouin camp like a you know like nomads um right yeah. so they like live live out in the desert and um, yes. you know just exist out there away from everything you know living right. off the land quote unquote but um yeah. there's not much there so they're used to that kind of scenario. No way. They're go doing, and bleach definitely. off of other people. That's the best thing <laughs> Definitely a good plan. Um, and uh, once once you do find a friendly group uh, and you're around the campfire, um, uh, they they start asking you, you know, what you did before the solar storm, um, and uh, you, you chat about comics and things, and uh, they're they're intrigued because they, they didn't really uh, read com- comics at all before the solar storm, uh, and they, they they ask you, what's the first comic you remember enjoying? So, I think the, the first comics I ever read would have been, you know, the standard thing like Dandy and Beano and things like that. But um, I, I think the first sort of non non strip things that were more than a single page would have been you know things like Tintin or uh, Asterix the Gaul that kind of stuff um, and I was really into those when I was a kid but um, I, I remember when I was probably about eight or nine something like that I went to visit you know a family friend and I was hanging out with their son and he had uh, a stack of Spider-Man books which I'd not had any exposure to at all really um, and the, the first one that stuck out was a copy of Web of Spider-Man. Um, I forget the issue, 30-something, but it was the uh, one of the tie-ins to Craven's Last Hunt. So it's got like right. Spider-Man climbing out of a grave with lightning and, and rain and everything. And um, I don't know what struck me as a as an innocent young eight or nine-year-old, but that thing uh, that drew me in. So... Um, <laughs> I, I got sucked into that, and you know he had he had the rest of them. So I read Craven's Last Hunt, which is a bizarre story for a kid to uh, have as a gateway into comics. But anyway, you know I, yeah. I enjoyed that, and I, I carried on reading Spider-Man books um, when I could get hold of them. Uh, we we didn't have a, a, a great access because I grew up over here in Dubai, and um, right in the you know late eighties, early nineties, there was no comic shops or anything, so we'd get the odd the odd issue in a supermarket or, you know, a, a local shop or something. And they'd always be months and months out of date and you'd never get the concurrent issues. So if it was a long, um, a long storyline. It, it often made no sense, but, um, you know, I, I would just get whatever I could get my hands on. Um, and then 
after that, I, I got a copy of X-Men and the one that was on the shelf uh, was, um, it was Uncanny X-Men 250, uh, 258, uh, which is like uh, Wolverine fighting the Mandarin. Right. Um, and it was just, it was just such a dynamic comic uh, cover that, um, you know, I just, I just got sucked into that and I, I just immediately um, tried to find any X-Men comics I could find. Um, and, and that was that, I, I just, I contacted my, my grandparents in the UK and I had them, you know, for Christmas and birthday presents and stuff like this and got a pull list, I suppose you'd call it now, got yeah. a subscription to basically every X-Men comic I could have. And I just, um, there, you know, for years after that, I would just re I would just get these packages with a sort of backlog of X-Men books. Nice. And then I'd just sit down and read sort of 30 or 40 books. Absolutely binge on them. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's weird because that's the kind of model we have now, isn't it, for reading? Almost. Yeah. But yeah, that's how that's how I used to read as a kid, just because we didn't have, we couldn't buy them for love nor money, so it was just a case of getting them whenever we could get a care package of comics. Um, but yeah, awesome. those those excellent books and the Jim Lee, you know, the the relaunch, um, that that was my thing back then yeah. as a kid. Absolutely loved it. Nice. And so did that inspire you to uh, try drawing uh, drawing comics at all? Or did, did you just go straight into writing? No, I, I was convinced as a kid, if you asked me from the age of like 10 up until, you know, 16, 17, 18, actually, yeah, until I was 18, I, I would have said, yeah, I'm going to be a comic book artist. I'm going to go and, you know, draw for Marvel. Um, right. That's going to be my job when I'm older. And I wasn't, I wasn't bad at it, but um, I just, I was just never good enough. I was too much of a perfectionist. So I sort of, I, I almost went to university in the States. There's a, there's a place called Savannah um, College of Art and Design, SCAD. Mm. And um, we, we, I was so close to going there because they do a degree on comic book creation. Right. And I went out there, we visited it and it's in Georgia and we, you know, I sat in on a class and the, the class assignment was um, basically you had to do a page of the Joker killing someone with his laughing gas. Right. Um, cool. And yeah, I was, I was super close, but I ended up going and doing animation in the UK. Um, and then I just, it just sort of fell by the wayside, the actual, you know, the, the comic thing. But um, I picked up writing very recently, really, 2015. Um, right. I, I'd always wanted to get back into it, but I, I had one of those bucket list things when a, you know a friend from school had passed away, and I sort of think, what would I want to do if I had that? You know, if I was going to die tomorrow, what do I want to say I want to have done? And it was write a comic mm. book, so I did. Um, and and yeah, that's where it all all spirals from. <laughs> Nice. Um, and then clearly um, you've, you've had uh, quite a bit of success since then. Um, I did manage to flick through Star Bastard, um, which, which is a, a lot of fun. So congratulations on that. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it does what it says on the tin. It's not, uh, yeah. it's not mouse. And it's not um, Dark Knight Return. <laughs> it's, it's a fun book. It's kind of a, you know, the cursed offspring of, of uh, like a carry on film and Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but yeah, it's fun to write. Totally, man. Did a great job with it. Um, right. And uh, and speaking in uh, in that vein, uh, the next comic that comes up in the camp is what's the funniest comic that you've read? So um, I think I, I I tend to to like fun 
stuff, like when I'm trying to any any kind of media, like in movies or TV or comics, um, I'm super terrible at getting the, the critically acclaimed stuff and actually absorbing it. I've never watched right. Godfather, you know, I've never, there's all these films when they're too hyped up, I just can't watch them. But so, have you seen Happy Gilmore? That is the question. Happy Gilmore, yeah, it's weird that you say that. I am a bit of an Adam Sandler aficionado. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a, a sign of illness or, or what, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, pre, pre uh, the, the early Adam Sandler stuff, Big Daddy is one of my... my uh, oh, my totally, it's a great, songs. great one, isn't it? Good fun. Yeah. But um, so I, I really like just fun escapist stuff. And, and I suppose Great. For, for that kind of stuff, I I really like, um, I say stupid comics, but I, I mean it in the nicest possible way. So things like yeah. like Axe Cop, I don't know if you've ever read that. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is just the not, you know, a child has written the words and his older brother's drawn it. Um, and then there's a comic called Shirtless Bear Fighter, which is just like a naked beardy guy. Uh, fighting <laughs> evil people he's like raised by bears and um and and so much like kyle stark stuff i just absolutely adore so like sex castle um and and rock Great. candy mountain um and uh, there's a, a particular panel in in rock candy mountain um where there's there's like a fight going on it's all these sort of um these like hobos and stuff you know r- traveling the rails and everything and um, there's a guy just absolutely kicking the crap out of people. And there, there's this huge dramatic delivery across the page of this guy and his face, this guy who's delivering the line, really, really dramatic. And he says something like, uh, oh, my God, they're, he's got punch diarrhea and their faces are the toilet bowl. And <laughs> just something about that, <laughs> um, the combination of the, the ultra dramatic delivery of this ridiculous line um i just laughed out loud and it's the same with sex castles like there's just there's just such stupid moments in it um but you, you can't help but laugh so I, I love stuff like that like just um yeah i think you have to read you know 10 comics like that for every, for one you know gritty um you know critically acclaimed comic just to sort of clean your palette out again and, and uh, get back to to baseline Definitely, um, definitely. I'm, I'm, but, I'm on board with that. <laughs> but, I, you know, there's it, outside of that kind of comic stuff, there's, you know, like the Far Side and uh, Calvin and Hobbes and things like that. They're just, um, I love those kind of things. You can just read them over and over again. Definitely. That's fantastic, man. Uh, now, changing gears, the next question that comes up is, what's the saddest comic that you've read? So, kind of following on from that, like, I... I would if someone told me, oh, this comic is super sad. Like this, this comic is really tragic. It's probably something I would avoid, like just because, you know, you know what it's like when you've got kids. You get that sort of little moment of yeah. uh, time in the evening, where, and it's just like, do I want to make myself sad? Yeah, no, exactly. really or do I want to watch a comedy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> do I want to watch Friday Night Dinner again or something like that? But, <laughs> um, but the the one thing that um that I did, you know, having looked back at the stuff on my shelves and, and thinking about it, the stuff that I always found um, saddest, it, it tend to always be around like animals. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a book called We Three, uh, which is about sort of cybernetically enhanced uh, animals that are sort of, they've like taken people's pets and they're trying to make them into weapons. And uh, mm. it, that, that's, that's really sad. And, and there's, um, what was the other one? Uh, 
there's a Superman story called Whatever Happened to the Man from Tomorrow, which is kind of, um, you know, what if, you know, in the future, sort of worst case scenario style thing. And uh, there's a moment in that where Crypto, um, the, the Kryptonite man, like, bursts in and, you know, he's going to kill Superman and Crypto comes in and, and takes him down and, you know, in the process, he gets killed. And um, that, yeah, that, that, you know, that choked me up a bit. It's a really, it's not even like a particularly dramatic, you know, it's a relatively old comic. It's not a particularly dramatic um, panel, but it just reminded me of saying, you know, like reminded me at the end of uh, Turner and Hooch. And mm. uh, something about yeah. this faithful dog that doesn't understand any better. And it's, you know, taking that hit for, for Superman, that, that got me. Um, and then, and I guess, you know, why the last man with Ampersand, you know, the way that will go and stuff. But mm. I, I'd have to say the saddest stuff for me in comics is always when the animal gets the brunt of it. The, you know, the animal. Yeah. It usually is sadder than, than any humans dying, isn't it? Yeah, I can deal with as many you know, humans getting their heads cut off or whatever, <laughs> but you touch the animals, that gets me. Yeah, totally. I think it's it's probably the innocence isn't it that, that yeah. kind of really hits home that you know they, yeah. they don't fully understand and they probably don't deserve it <laughs> um, no and it's like especially if you've had to real. take your animal to the yes. vet you know at the end of its life yep. or something like that yeah, i yeah. think it just you know it's like anything Definitely. you know that is something that stuck with me so it's, i guess that's the one uh that's the one that always chokes me up <laughs> Now, uh, moving kind of in a in a similarish vein, uh, the next question that comes up is: What's the scariest comic that you've read? So, I would say the scariest thing to look at in comics is anything that Rob Liefeld draws, because there is no <laughs> biological reason for people to look like that. Um, but uh, yeah, other than lovely that, dainty again, feet. Yeah, well, if they've got feet, that's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it. Hide it behind a rock. Modern. Hide it behind anything. As long as you've got but, pouches, yeah. you're all right. Um, no, oh god, there's some horrific. There's, there's one Captain America cover um, where it's it's. I think it's like one of these Heroes Reborn things, and it, a Captain America looks terrible. Like his neck is positioned on one of his shoulder blades, or something. But then right. there's just a, like a disembodied head just floating around for no reason. <laughs> stuff. It's a, it could be a weird horror book if you if you framed it wrong. But um, in terms of right. like actual scary books, um, I mean, again, it's it's not really my my area, but there are things that I've I've read, and you know, I, Thirty Days of Night when that came out, um, that stuck with me for a long time. I, I got a big you know hardcover of that and read that, and something about the idea of you know because you've got this thing of in horror, it's generally at night. You know, there are rules you can you mm-hmm. can trust. You know, I'll be safe if I do this or I do this. And the idea that there's no daylight and these vampires are gonna you can't escape because you're in this remote town and it, you know, there's yeah. no daylight coming to save you. Um, that's quite a scary concept. Right, um, so. Yeah. But uh, I mean, <laughs> but the, 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 in terms of like just less scary and more like shocking and horror, um, mm-hmm. I think the answer everyone says is Jinji Ito, isn't it? It's, he just yeah, um, pretty much he, he manages, <laughs> yeah he just manages to do like sort of weird stuff all the way through and then there's just one thing one like image which will hit you and it's just something you you can't tear yourself away from it you can't look away um 
there was one had a funny name the enigma of uh, something fault i forget the name but um it's this story about um they they the archaeologists find a, a, a mountain and, and in this mountain there's just loads of cutouts of of people just mm. like these super deep holes which are um shaped like people they're all slightly different but you know they can't see in they're too deep and um the, you know the news is covering it and these people come and you know they discover that these holes are the exact shape of these people who feel compelled to come to this location and you know they they're like compelled to enter this this hole and it's it's super weird and then just at the end like the last page there's like a page turn and it's just this really horrific image that you know if you just type it in i guarantee it'll be the first thing on google images and type the name of the book in but um <laughs> it's it's just it's just horrible which is why i don't like reading that stuff because it would just stick with <laughs> yeah, just horrific um, it's such a skill yeah. to do in comics it's so i mean it's like yes. comedy i think comedy and um uh, and horror right because it's all timing and you know you've really got to nail the page turns and the tempo and everything so you know exactly. that that puts him above other stuff to be able to do that other writers just the level of skill he's got to be that creepy and scary yeah exactly no it's an absolute master uh jinji mm. tone uh take my hat off to him for, yeah, for, for I, what he I does. could not do that kind of stuff and just uh <laughs> give up about halfway through just start scaring myself silly <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. Uh, now, uh, moving on to one of my favourite questions, uh, and that is, what is your favourite cover? Um, I mean, favourite favorite covers for me, there's some really cool, you know, gra- stuff which is just striking, and you've got covers which are, um, you know, co- I think you, there's a lot of covers which get homaged to death, don't they? Like the, the Spider-Man 300 and stuff like that. And there's, mm. You've got to give them credit because people are, you know, they're so taken with them, they're just copying them again and again. Um, but I, I just, I, my answers for this are just ones that I liked that I thought were cool from when I was a kid. Um, and have just stuck with me. So my, my absolute favorite cover has to be from the Jim Lee, like X-Men, you know, the reboot from the nineties, mm-hmm. um, issue five. Um, I think they introduced Omega Red in issue four, but issue five was like Wolverine and Omega Red and they're all like, you know, he's t- Wolverine's tangled up in the cables from Mega Red, and he's got his claws out, and there's bits of his skin all ripped off. You can see like the sheets for the the claws underneath and stuff. I just I found it so cool the design of it, the level of detail. Um, yeah. And I just think, I mean, Jim Lee is a master anyway, but that I think is is oh, one of like his, his best cover. Um, and I, I just love it. And I, I know it's not particularly, you know, those those comics got sold so much. There's so many of them in the world. There's not a huge amount of value to them. But that's one of the, the books I hunted out and I got in like, a, you know, one of these CGC slabs and I got it in perfect condition. Nice. I just had that on my wall. I just, I just absolutely love it. Um, but uh, I also, there's a, there's a Spider-Man book, uh, Spectacular Spider-Man 100 or 101. Right. And it was, it's all... Um, all black and white and there's just no defined lines um, I don't know who the artist was I don't know if it was Bob Zeck John Byrne maybe um, but it, it's um, there, there's there's no sort of outlining it's just all negative space and he's right. just there sort of floating in the um, 
you know, above a cityscape. And it's just uh, absolutely amazing. Just the level of, of skill and composition and, 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 uh, and like I say, the use of negative space. 101, that was the issue. Peter Parker's 101. Spectacular Spider-Man 101. Absolutely beautiful, that cover. That's awesome, man. Um, but yeah, no, just going back to um, your, your, your X-Men cover, um, I just, I don't know where you can start that as an artist you know um there's obviously i mean yeah it's just incredible um the level of detail that's in there um from you know both both of them have got their mouths open like really wide and so you kind of got each individual teeth uh tooth in there and i I don't know just the hair and well yeah it's amazing but the thing that got me when i was a kid um was looking at Wolverine and he's like yeah. his, his, uh, his claw that's in the foreground, it's got like actual, um, like sheath, like all the skin and the muscle has been torn yes. away and he's got, yeah, yeah. Like, you can see actually in his wrist. And, yeah. And he's got like a bit missing from his head and you can see like a sort of adamantium skull and I don't yeah. know what it is. And the other thing I like about it, which is another thing I'm, I'm, this isn't really a great example of it. Um, but I love sort of, gimmick covers so mm-hmm. like the things where the, the 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 logo is being blown apart you know there's a lot of excellent yeah. books that do that and and this one you know they're, they're sort of covering over the front of the logo and it's you know it's almost yeah. like it's all one thing i i just i think it's fantastic it's it so is. 90s but it is isn't it i love that though it's, it's fun yeah but it's weirdly enough it's never been i you know you don't see like homages of this one you know, there's loads of homages mm-hmm. of that one. There's an X-Men book, which is, uh, it's like, I forget the issue, but it's Captain America and Wolverine and Black Widow. And they're like, right. uh, there's like a flashback to Madripoor in the, in the in the World War II and stuff. And they're all like lined up there. And that one gets homaged a lot. That's another Jim Lee one. But, mm. um, but this one, you know, maybe I'm just, you know, I've got such great taste that I see it and, and other people don't maybe. <laughs> maybe but no i think this is a great this is a great choice andrew it's uh it's a fantastic cover and uh one that i'm i'm glad that i became aware of because it's uh it's it's awesome mm. now uh, um moving on yeah. to uh another of my favorite questions uh what is the most meaningful comic to you so um again i you know i've, I've sort of answered this really small um because I know there's like super important books that you can talk about, you know, there's March and there's, there's Mouse and, and all these kind of things, which have a lot of meaning behind them. But um, I, I just answered this in terms of what it has the most meaning to me, like a book which sits on the shelf um, has meaning. Um, so for me, um, that's, there's a, there's a book uh, called Voodoo Child, which is, um, it's a Jimi Hendrix biography. Um, which was an oversized hardback that came out in the 90s, I think, in 1995 or something. And um, when it came out, uh, it's by Bill uh, Sinkevich. Um, and when it came out, um, my nan yeah. got it for me as a kid. And would just like, you know, I hadn't given her any prompting. You know, mm-hmm. usually it's like, get me X-Men, get me Excalibur. And she went out of her way to go to the comic store and said, oh, you like Jimi Hendrix, I'll get him this and stuff. So, I mean, I've, I've got that as, you know, it's a nice memento to have there. And it's a great book um, in itself. You know, it's Bill Sienkiewicz and it's all painted and it's oversized. And it's beautiful. And it came with a, 
like a, an audio soundtrack, which I found amazing at the time. Because, nice. um, you know, I was convinced that everything would have a soundtrack going forward after I had this book. And they were just going to release CDs with yeah. comics. <laughs> Um, so for me, you know, that, that one, um, but you know, no matter the content, that one for me has the most meaning just because it, you know, it reminds me of, of, of family and stuff. Um, but in, in the, in the grand scheme of things as a writer, um, or, you know, quote unquote writer trying to get into it. Um, I, <laughs> I think even though I've not read it all. I've I've only read you know just before the you know got to issue 100, I'd probably say something like Walking Dead, um, because yeah. I think Walking Dead is responsible for this this big boom of creator-owned comics that we yeah. are sort of blessed with at the minute. So you know I I feel like if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have as much of a, a creator-owned industry. Maybe I'm sure something else would have come along, but you know it did so well that it's it's really sort of uh, created this field and, and helped um, keep it buoyant for the rest of us that are sort of trying to get into it. Definitely, it was a it was a great um, comic to have boosted the um, uh, the awareness of of, of comics um, because I, yeah. I only really became aware of what modern comics are because of The Walking Dead. You know, yeah, um, uh, yeah, I, I only really got into it um, in gosh what was it 2014 something like that um having 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 watched the walking dead and then finding out that it's that it's a comic and then i read the comic and realized wow this is what comics can be these days that's incredible um and then yeah i just dove into everything else so um yeah it's it's i think it's incredible what it what it's achieved yeah i mean i i remember getting um the, I, I went into the comic shop um, when it was coming out and I think I got like issue four cool. and that's when I sort of got into it I just wish I'd got into it at issue one I could have uh, paid for more than a few comics to be drawn if I could have uh, <laughs> yeah. sold it on eBay of course. But, um, yeah um, I, I just you know I, I still I haven't watched the TV show in a long time um, mm, yeah, and I, right. I haven't read <laughs> the, the books in a while I think I stopped at like what is it like issue like i used to buy them as uh collected you know like trade paperbacks which is how i tend to buy stuff now anyway but i think i stopped at like number 14 or 15 or something like that but um yeah i mean like i say regardless of the, of the content and it is a good book um i think it just stands for something in terms of creative absolutely um it's uh it's awesome although i do fear they're they're kind of they're, they're milking it a bit now <laughs> um, yeah i mean, I mean the walking like a... dead series uh comic series stands alone as like one of the greatest of all time um yeah. but now like with with all of the rest of the media uh that they're dealing with i think they're, they're really kind of milking it a little bit <laughs> it's like a sort of teenage angst one isn't there now it's like about, there is like, well, world beyond up. yeah i mean i I watched like a few episodes of Fear the Walking Dead and stuff, and it's just, yeah, it does get to the point where you're like, yeah, I can't really. <laughs> There's so Come much. On, it's like everything, isn't it? There? There's so much media now. It's not like when I was a kid and you you jump on any comic book adaptation, anything that came out, you, you know, it's mind blowing. Oh, this is a comic book. I'm going to read this. Now we've got Ant Man movies, and you know they're making TV shows about 
all sorts of stuff, Walking Dead and, you know, Why the Last Man, hopefully, and things like that. It's just, uh, there's just so much to consume. I just haven't got the time to deal with these little offshoot things that, you know, nah, I'm not 100% all. into. Definitely, man. Um, and um, moving away from uh, things that, that are popular, um, how about what's the most underrated comic that you've read? So, um, underrated. Uh, I mean, it's underrated is kind of, I guess it's dependent, it's relative to, to who you're sort of uh, you're talking to. But I, I think in terms of comics that not not that I think maybe don't have as good a rating as they should or things like that comics that if I go and talk to comic people you know in a in a store or something um the book which most people have not read uh, when I bring it up is a book called Earth X um, mm. which is a I don't know if you've read that it's, a, it's like a marvel uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. See, I, it's, um, it's, yeah, I tell you uh, what, it has come up as a as a most underrated comic before. Oh, has it? By one other person, I can't remember who. Um, but yeah, so it's 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 on my reading list, but I still haven't uh, got around to reading it because I've got so many underrated right. comics to read. It's just so massive. Um, and yeah. at the time it came out, I mean, when I read it, I was at uni, so it's you know almost twenty years ago, so it's at least that old. Um, I, I got this big hardcover collection, um, which it just sort of the reason I picked it up, it was this thing in a in a sort of hard plastic case, which was molded to look like X-51, the machine man on the front, um, in an oversized, massive hardcover uh, uh, book. And even just that, the size of the book itself blew me away. But then you read it and it's such a huge concept. It's this, it's this thing that kind of tries to explain the whole Marvel universe. Um, and try and make sense of it and, and, and try and, you know, all this crazy stuff. There's, there's so much crazy stuff in, in, in Marvel. I mean, in DC as well. All the stuff that like Kirby did and, and you know, all these bizarre concepts and they've managed to sort of ground them a little bit and, and sort of uh, the, the, the crux of the book mm. is they're, they're essentially explaining superheroes or, or metahumans or mutants or whatever you call it as an engineered antibody for the planet so they're there to fight you know invasions or you know infections of of alien beings coming down because there's like there's a celestial egg implanted in the in the core of the planet from the celestials millions of years ago and it it, it's just so huge and it takes um one of the things i love uh, which is a bit cheesy is like sort of well it's quite good for this podcast it's kind of post-apocalyptic or, or, you know, disastrous retellings of superheroes. So in this, you know, it's in the future and there's, you know, all this, all this awful stuff has happened and you've got Captain America who's downtrodden and he's got to come in and sort of save the day again. And it just blew me away. Um, and they, they did Earth X, they did Universe X and Paradise X, um, uh, which is, they, by the end of Paradise X, they've like defeated death and no one can die. So they have to sort of, you know, Reed Richards has to sort of save the day and create a way for people to die. It's, it's such huge <laughs> concepts in that book. Um, um, I just, I don't know, you know, what it was about it when I was at uni. I ended up writing most of my dissertation about OSX um, wow, for my degree. Awesome. Um, I, I absolutely love that book. And it's, you know, it's Alex Ross. I think Alex Ross wrote a lot of it or at least came up with a concept. Yeah. Uh, and then John Paul Leon. 
in the art. But yeah, ab- absolutely amazing, amazing book um, that uses all this big bombastic um, uh, story to try and just explain what a superhero is. Uh, it's, uh, it's cool, uh, fantastic. Superb. And uh, moving on to our next question for you, uh, what is the best comic of all time? So best, again, like best, you know, you, you're going to have to say um, something like uh, like Born Again is, is pretty much just a perfect comic. It just, you know, mm. it, it, it's, it's re-examined the character and the genre and it, it, absolutely fantastic book. But again, because uh, I'm not that clever, um, I'm going to focus on uh, a, a couple of reasons why books are my favourite and why, you know, I feel they're best for different reasons. Not perfect yeah. comic books, um, but just best comic books in different ways. Um, so the first one uh, is um, Savage Dragon, which again is not it's, it's not born again, and it's not you know all those kind of books. But it's not me, Sandman. But <laughs> it, it, sorry, what's that? It's not Sandman, but it's no, it's not Sandman. But do you know what? Funny you say that. I've never read Sandman. <laughs> no, I, I haven't. I haven't actually. Um, I, and I know I have to give back my right to either. pass, but it's it's just one of those things. I just it's been built up so much. I I feel like I've never got the the mindset to give it its full attention. I will do one day, but yeah. But Savage Dragon to me, and I've not read it all, but the simple fact that Eric Larson has drawn, written and drawn that thing from the from its conception till now, yeah. which is like two hundred and fifty issues. I think he's done one where he wasn't the artist but you know it's like the longest running thing with a single creator and i just find that that amazing and the you know the the achievement of, of committing your life's work to one simple concept i find amazing um and in the in the same vein um one of my favorite books and one that i've read probably over and over again more than any other book is invincible which is from robert kirkman who did walking Fantastic. Dead. Yeah. Um, and that book, he he just um, he manages to write superheroes, uh, new superheroes which aren't my, you know new at the time. It's not Superman, it's not you know the X Men or anything. It's a brand new superhero, and he managed to do that so well that it ran for you know almost 150 issues. Yeah, and I'm sure it would have gone longer if he allowed it to, but he, he you know kept that book fresh all the way through and kept reinventing it and reinventing it and. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. I'd say that's among the best superhero books ever. Um, and that's without, you know, 50 or 60 years or, or more of history. So I can't credit that thing enough. Yeah, man, Invincible is fantastic. Um, that's, uh, that's one that I, I, I certainly have read and, and got into as a, as a result of, of you know, um, finding out about The Walking Dead and then, you know, diving yeah. into Invincible. Uh, I have He's, you know, the first thing I got from Kirkman was a book called Battle Pope, which is definitely yes. not <laughs> his best. But, you know, that, again, that's because I love stupid books like that. You, you, you give me a title like Battle Pope and, you know, <laughs> but it's Jesus is slack and stuff. You know, it, but then he's done things like this. He's done Invincible and he's, he, he's done uh, Walking Dead and things like that. And um, I, I love Invincible so much I've still not read the end. I just can't bring Maybe myself not. to do it. I've got it sat oh, on my shelf. I've had it. Yeah, it I'm out, sure. Yeah. I just, I've reread one through, you know, whatever it is, 100 and 
20 or something. Yeah. Um, like five or six, seven times. Um, and I've got this last, you know, the oversized ones. I've got it just sat there and I just can't bring myself to do it. So I, oh, you know, I'll, I'll wait. Savoring for it for the apocalypse. Yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. I'll save it for the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I love that book. Fantastic. Uh, and speaking of which, um, if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would it be? So I, on a similar vein, um, I said that I would probably take either like, I've got like an authority absolute edition or one of these Watchmen absolute editions because I could read it and also use it as like a bludgeon if I needed to. Um, or, you know, maybe it would it would work as a sort of uh, makeshift bulletproof vest like in Back to the Future 3. Um, but I think if it was something I had to read, um, I think I'd probably take uh, one of the sort of Calvin and Hobbes omnibus or, or, or a Fireside book just because um, I think you'd need a bit of comedy. And, and a lot of those, those strips, even though they're, you know, they're not, you know, 20, 24 page things, they're always three panels or one panels or whatever. Um, they're, they're really insightful and they really, mm-hmm. you know, you can read them again and again as you get older and they teach you a lot about family and life and things like that. They're, they're just, they're just uh, really good books. So I think I'd probably take, uh, yeah, if, if, I, if I had like a car to stick it in, I'd take like the big Calvin and Hobbes treasury. Um, but if that's cheating, um, I'll probably take next wave just cause it's stupid. And, uh, <laughs> it's out, it, in a genius way. I just love angry machine man. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I don't mind giving you a uh, treasury, um, of, of Calvin okay. and Hobbes. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll take those I'm allowing it. The whole boot. <laughs> Bingo. Great. Yeah. Um, and then alongside that, uh, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take with you as well? Um, so I think, uh, assuming all of the electronics in the world have gone, um, yes. and knowing how useful it is to have the internet at your disposal, I think I, at a given time to, to sort of arrange this, um, I, I would want like a shielded box that I don't know what it is that, that sort of saves you from solar flares, but you know, like a, I'm assuming it's like a lead lined box and I would stick like a tablet that has the entire knowledge of Wikipedia onto this thing. <laughs> and I would come out uh, essentially, you know, next I'd be the smartest man in the world uh, having all this information. Uh, and I think that would be a good way to sort of barter my way um, into, into some semblance of authority in the new world. That's genius. Um, you you definitely be an authority um, with with all of that. So fair play. <laughs> and if I could put digital versions of Invincible on it, then even as better. well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we could do that. We could do that with the ending. Yeah, yeah. no problem. Um, fantastic. Well, Andrew Clemson, thank you so much for sharing your comics for the apocalypse. It's been an absolute it's pleasure. Good. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on. It's fun. Awesome. Um, for the listeners, one more time, where can they find you online? Um, so you can go to clemsoncomics.com, which is my website. Um, it's got uh, a couple of links. You can go and buy Starbucks. You can scout, things like that. Um, uh, the other books I'm working on are on Kickstarter. So if you go on Twitter, where my handle is at Andrew Clemson, um, there are pinned links to the current Kickstarter, and uh, there'll be links to the previous stuff as well. Uh, and if you want a really badly uh updated instagram account it's at clemson dxb 
<laughs> awesome and of course those links from the show notes folks so go check it out um and uh, again andrew it's been an absolute pleasure and uh good luck with the rest of the kickstarter and hopefully our, our paths will cross uh comic con when they get going again yeah hopefully and hopefully there's no solar flare before the kickstarter ends because i want to get that thing out <laughs> yeah absolutely let's hope not um awesome well thanks again andrew uh you take care and i'll see you on twitter thank you very much thanks man bye Thanks again to Andrew for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Andrew's work, I'll follow him on social media. Those links are in the show notes, along with all of our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene Magazine's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.